Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Heart to Heart Podcast. I'm Bria. And I'm Kim. And today we have a very special guest, one of my best friends, Tronini Battle. She is joining us today to talk about her experience uh, at Wharton, which is something I've heard a lot about, but I think it's something that needs to be heard by more people. Um, and I think that you're going to just have a great conversation today. So thank you so much for coming. Of course. And to really start things off, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Who are you? And yeah. Yeah, well, to start off, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you, Brie and Kim, for having me. Um, my name is Chandani Battle. Growing up, I was always involved in a lot of social impact um, type of things, whether it be volunteering or nonprofits, um, clubs, all types of things like that. Um, so going into school, I wasn't exactly sure what I wanted to do. I did think of um, studying business as kind of like a way to be able to have a very versatile, um, kind of like studying experience. Um, and yeah, so now I'm here, I'm three years in and we're doing pretty good. Yeah, great. So mm -hmm. yeah, like how do you feel like we're in, has treated you? Um, I wasn't expecting, I, I didn't go in with too many, too many expectations. Like I knew that it would be a rough transition for me. I don't have any, family and friends on the East Coast. Um, so I was moving across the country. I'm a first generation student. Um, so I definitely was expecting difficulties, but I wasn't expecting um, the amount of difficulties, I guess, mm -hmm. that I had. Um, so like when I first started at Wharton, um, it was just, it was definitely a culture shock. Um, being a black and Asian woman um, and experiencing imposter syndrome. Um, so if you're going into Wharton and I'm coming from the Bay Area, which is the mostly, um, it was pretty, like, my school experience was, um, like, there was a lot of people of color in my school experiences from elementary school, middle school, high school. Um, I definitely didn't think that going to a PWI would be, um, I guess, like, too drastic of a change, but it definitely was, and it definitely had, it had an effect on me. So in every class that I was in, I was getting ignored. My answers weren't being listened to. People thought my answers were wrong. And then we went to class and found out that my answers were in fact correct. Um, and having experiences like that definitely affected myself and my own self-worth. Um, I was having a rough year. I had a rough, um, like my grades weren't, weren't doing the best. I wasn't doing the best. I definitely felt like a failure. And I felt like even when I reached out to certain people in Wharton, I wasn't getting um, the support I think that I should have gotten. I feel like that was a... That's a common experience for a lot of students of color within my school. Um, so it was a rough experience at first, and I had to definitely learn. Um, learn. I learned a lot about imposter syndrome. I had to learn how to, I guess, find myself and stand on my own, um, but it was definitely a rough experience. Wow, that's really interesting. And again, thank you just for opening up and sharing this with us. Um, I think it's really important to kind of unpack what the culture is at some of these schools and especially places like Wharton. I don't know, just from being outside of Penn, it just seems like this really big, crazy, scary, prestigious, you know, program within the institution. Um, so it's just really interesting to hear your experience. Um, I'm also wondering, just like a little follow-up to what you said before, do you see any major differences of like the Wharton community um, as compared to the greater Penn community? I know that, you know, Bria has also shared experiences about also, you know, they're sometimes just being not the best, most inclusive collaborative environment. So do you see those tr same trend lines um, in Penn? Mm -hmm. That's a great question. I definitely um, kind of found spaces where I felt I um, 
I guess, fit in a little bit better and that I appreciated more, but it was mostly in Africana courses. So a lot of the classes I took outside of Wharton were all Africana courses taught by um, Black women. And they were all small courses. Um, and they were amazing classes. They were definitely kind of my saving grace um, my freshman and sophomore year. Um, and what we learned in those classes were amazing. The way their classes were structured were amazing. The culture was great. Um, so the Africana um, department was really amazing for me. Um, I'm not sure about like anything outside of that though. Um, but yeah, I definitely would recommend if you are a black girl, young black woman going into Wharton, definitely like diversify. And they, they, Wharton does encourage that anyway. They want us to be able to diversify and learn different things and take classes in different schools. But I would definitely recommend taking Africana courses. That's funny. I mean, I know Kim and I talked about that too before, like the fact that we have to go outside of like our departments mm -hmm. and leave, you know, whether it's Wharton or leave, you know, the college at Penn or leave the college at Brown and like go outside to the Africana department is sad, but it's like, mm -hmm. you know, it is what it is right now. So definitely take advantage of those courses where you can kind of feel a little bit at home. Definitely. Yeah, I'm trying to take at least one a semester. That's beautiful. And honestly, I kind of almost had like a similar experience coming to Brown. Like, so I entered um, Brown kind of having a similar experience and wanting to kind of do econ and business. But once I started taking Africana courses, I was like, this is it. And I literally added it on um, just as like a double major because I just found that there was so much support within the apartment department and I found I was just I felt very seen and heard and I think that like you have to find a space like that especially at these like PWIs because it, you just feel so isolated sometimes as a black student so I definitely relate to everything that you shared. Yes we're gonna go to our next question which is do you see Wharton shifting at all to becoming more inclusive and accessible to women and people of color or is it kind of you know status quo? I definitely think that um, with COVID-19, um, it's difficult to like get a read of culture the same way um, as we did if we were there. It's been a year now, but since the big, since I would say like last year around before we stopped school, they have started to try to fit in some initiatives to kind of help with the culture um, at Wharton and try to make it a more inclusive one because it is a very, um, it, it can be a competitive culture. Um, it can be um, just not, it, it can be an unsupportive culture. So there have been um, certain initiatives that they were starting, I guess, last March. Um, we also have the new dean, Miss Erica um, Jane, probably? Yeah, I think it's Jane. Let me check. Yeah. Okay, okay we have the new dean, Miss Erica Jane. Um, but like I said, this all kind of started around COVID. So it would be, it will be interesting to see what culture is like. Um, on campus and to see if there's anything that they're trying to kind of change with that. But I do see them trying, I, I see them making steps towards it. But culture is a difficult thing to change. It's a difficult mm -hmm. thing to kind of get a feel on. No, <laughs> I, I agree. I think um, it will be interesting to kind of see once we're in person, if some of these strides that they've, you know, tried to implement um, have really taken hold. Yeah, mm -hmm. I was also going to say with COVID, um, I think this is probably something that we could all talk about, but like, do you think Wharton has done a good job of uh, taking into account people's mental health uh, during COVID or is the workload still outrageous? Um, I guess Wharton specifically, 
I wouldn't say that. I think it depends on the class. I wouldn't say it's outrageous, but I don't. I don't think that it was. Um, I don't think our mental health is taken into account enough. Um, and if there, if anyone does have mental health issues, it can be very unforgiving. Um, I did have like a rough start to the semester, and like they don't take any late work, no matter what. Um, doesn't matter what happens. I guess it's hard to find someone to work with you in terms of professors. So they do try to make it easier, but I wish there was a little bit more room. I wish there was a little bit more understanding. That's interesting. And then I know also before you talked about like the competitive environment. So how has it been like working with other peers in Wharton? Has that been like a safe haven? Has it been difficult? Um, I guess both. You just have to find the right, like the right people for yourself, people that you work with um, well together um, in each class. And with COVID, like I definitely haven't really felt much of the culture that I felt my first um, year and my, in my second year definitely amazing once you do find people that you feel like um you can relate to and you feel like y'all can help each other out and it's definitely a really great kind of relationship to have with others it just kind of takes time so don't worry if like if you are going into Wharton it's going to take time definitely try to just reach out to people and sometimes it's not going to land and you just got to keep it pushing but it's definitely um a great relationship to have once you do find it Awesome, great. So we'll move on to the next question, which is how has your overall experience at Penn been, um, especially as a black and Asian woman? My overall experience at Penn definitely wasn't what I expected from my college experience. Um, I think that a lot of the times, um, like when you're leading up to it, you focus a lot on getting into school, you focus a lot on where you're going to go and you never really, at least for me, we didn't really talk about the actual trans transition and the actual experience. Um, so it wasn't what I expected. Um, and it, like I said, it, I had a rough transition, but overall it's something that I wouldn't um, change. And I do appreciate the experience that I had and what I learned from it. Um, overall, like I said, it was rough at first, but you just have to keep trying. I think that's kind of definitely an environment where you just have to try everything out to find what fits you best. And I guess to try not to take things too personally, even though there are a lot of rough experiences, you have to keep it pushing um, and try to figure that out. And as a Black and Asian woman, I did, I mentioned Africana courses and kind of like leading towards where I felt comfortable and where I felt cared for and where I felt seen. I also worked at the Pan-Asian American Community Center, which was a change from my high school. Like I was able to kind of connect a little bit more with my Asian identity, which I didn't as much when I was younger, I wasn't around a lot of um, Indian American people. So that was also a place where I, I still work there now. This is my second year. It's a place where I do feel safe and I do feel um, seen as like, I feel seen as a leader, I feel seen as myself. Um, so like I said, it was a rough experience. We just have to keep trying to find where you feel seen for who you are and where you feel like people give you the space to be who you are and give you the space to grow from that. Yeah. I feel like Penn is definitely an environment where you have to really keep trying, like you said. And, you know, if one thing doesn't work, you just have to keep going. And I know sometimes it's hard to have the energy to like pick yourself back up. But I have to say that once you do pick yourself back up and keep trying, you eventually do find people, mm -hmm. you know, and it's a long journey. It's hard. I know, like, I've talked about this with Chandani, just like feeling like, it just happened, I feel like, where I kind of found my people and found my group, but it's like, it's better late than never. And you also learn so much along the way. And in some ways it's like, I guess, thanks Penn for, you know, <laughs> teaching me all these lessons and 
you know, forcing me to be determined and uh, be flexible. No, for sure. Like, it, it was definitely rough. But when I say, like, after all that I have experienced, I know who I am even more than I did beforehand. And I can stand strongly in who I am. And I know I'm good no matter what. Um, so it does take it does take time. Um, and it is hard. Even with, like, the imposter syndrome, like, that definitely heavily affected me and what I felt I was capable of. Like, I went from being that person in high school that was always talking, always had the answer to would never speak in class. Um, so it's definitely, um, it's hard and it can lead you to want to shut down and just not try because you just feel so rejected and you can feel like a failure. Um, but yeah, like I said, just learning more about imposter syndrome and talking to as many people as possible and keep keeping it pushing, finding your right people, like it all kind of, it falls together at some point. Wow. That's, yeah, I love this topic. And I think that's something we all have faced is imposter syndrome. And I'm so happy you're here to talk about imposter syndrome within Wharton. So I also think, you know, while it's still an, an issue, I think you talking about it will kind of break down the stigma and like the barriers. Cause I think sometimes it can almost get overblown and be made like a caricature and be like, Wharton's just so hard. No one can overcome it. So I think that, I think like you talking about imposter syndrome is going to help break down a lot of the stigma because I'm like if you could overcome it having to also reconcile with like your identities at this school that just aren't uh highly represented and then still overcoming it and knowing your strength I think that that's really important for our listeners Mm -hmm. thank you I think so too anyone who comes here can definitely overcome it and deal with it we definitely have that 10 face that we have to deal with where people just don't like talking about any experiences that deviate from what we consider to be success. So if you're not talking about your um, internship that you just got and you're not talking about your 4.0, like people just trying to talk about it. Um, and I definitely think that just talking about it more helps other people feel more comfortable. Because um, I remember in one class, I, I literally had a whole group of people by me making fun of like a 3.3 GPA. What? And I was sitting, yeah. And I was sitting there after my rough semester, like, Girl, G3.3 is good. What's going on? I don't know. I guess my definition of success is definitely not work, definitely not the overall work culture definition mm-hmm. of success, but definitely being able to talk about things that deviate from what is more traditional is really important. Um, and yeah, it's okay. <laughs> I think that's the biggest lesson. It's okay, like regardless of what you're going through. If you are not lined up with what is traditionally successful at Warren specifically, like it is completely okay. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I especially think that like with the past year that we've gone through, people really need to hear that because mm-hmm. I think now more than ever, success looks so different. And like, you really have to define that for yourself and not get caught up in, you know, other people's perceptions of like success. And also to people are also coming into just this whole college experience with such different resources you know, having mommy and daddy who went to Wharton, like, you know what I mean? Or just like having access to tutors and all these other things. So I think like realizing your positionality and realizing that, you know, compared to everybody else, you are doing so well. And, you know, again, like defining that success for yourself is extremely important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's so many arbitrary goals of success that are kind of thrown at us. And we definitely can't read into them too much. Because 
if you base your whole like measure of success and self-worth around those arbitrary goals that seem to shift all the time and seem to move to different goalposts all the time, you're going to be miserable. Mm -hmm. So just making sure you come to school, I think with a strong sense of self and like a strong moral code and like definitions of success and worth for you, that's how you succeed. If you play Mm -hmm. into all of the BS of 3.3 is not good, blah, 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 you're going to be miserable and you're going to hate it and you're not going to survive. So yeah, thank you for talking Mm -hmm. about that. I think our last question was kind of just like, where do you see yourself after Penn and how do you think Wharton has equipped you for the future? Yeah, after Penn, I definitely, I don't have a super concrete idea of where I'm going to be. I don't have a super concrete vision of what um, success means for me outside of being able to take care of my family and also like stay true to myself and follow what I want to do. I definitely think that Wharton has prepared me for just about anything. Um, it's definitely given me a multifaceted education um, where I've been able to learn how to function in just about any organization. I am studying management and social impact, so that's kind of in line with um, what I'm interested in. And it's also, like I said, I feel like you can kind of take that anywhere. Um, right now, I am like involved in finance. I'm going to have an internship in private wealth management as an analyst, and we'll see how I feel about that. I do, like, at some point, I want to work in impact investing, which is where you basically invest in companies that either have a social justice-oriented purpose or are um, owned and um, operated by people of color or women and women of color. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited to see where the future takes me. I don't have a concrete plan, but I do know that I'm going to be fine, and I do feel like my experience at work has helped me to... Um, further like cultivate my own skill set, further cultivate what I know that I can do and also help me learn who I am and help me move forward. It's amazing. It's so refreshing to hear Mm -hmm. that, you know, I think also my own idea of Wharton before I like got here was just thinking like it's very rigid and and everyone has to maybe do the same thing after school and whether that's consulting or you know whatever Uh, but I think Mm -hmm. that you've shown me that it's it's very flexible and you could inject your own interests and your own passions, like social impact and social justice into anything you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do want to add um, to that. I think that's really important that going to work in your experience is not like the cookie cut version of what people expect it to be. Um, I haven't had a single like super corporate position or internship. I've worked in social impact for literally since high school um, and in nonprofits and stuff like that, super small nonprofits back home um, that I care about. And so I worked on things that I cared about and I still developed skills and now I'm working at a top firm. So you definitely don't have to um, follow what is expected of you. I love that. I think so many people need to hear that, um, especially even at Brown, like people get just so caught up in freshman year, you know, have to get some kind of crazy internship at Goldman Sachs. And it's like, no, that's not how it is at all. I think, you know, everything that you share just really shows that if you follow your heart and you follow your interests, success will come for you and whatever that means for you. Um, and that's the most important thing is just following your heart, what you like, and the money will come, the resources will come, the impact that you want to make will come. So 100%. Love that. I completely agree. This was such a fun conversation. 
Mm-hmm. Do you have any more like things to add? Do you have any advice maybe to future uh, we're in or attendees? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. I guess, like I said, my advice is to not fall into, um, I guess, the trap of trying to make yourself into what people expect a work student to be. Um, follow your own path. Um, be able to kind of stand in who you are. Don't let people sway you. Um, definitely learn how to advocate for yourself. That's something that I've had to learn throughout my experience here, um, even more than before. So try as much as you can. Get into as much as you can. Anything that you're interested in, just try it out. Um, and don't get too caught up in making sure that you have like the highest GPA and that you're working in private equity at 18. Like you will be okay if your <laughs> GPA is in a 3.99 and if your experiences don't look the way you think it's supposed to look. So definitely try new things, follow what you want to follow. Um, and eventually I definitely think that you'll be okay. So amazing. Thank you so, so much for being with us today. Thank you. It's such a great conversation. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it was lovely. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So everyone listening, if you have any further questions for Chanani, you can find her on LinkedIn, Chanani Battle, C-H-A-N-D-A-N-I, Battle. You know how to spell battle. Um, But she's very open and flexible for any other questions. Thank you so much again for listening. Follow our Instagram at heart2heartpodcast. Listen to us wherever you find podcasts, rate us on Apple and all that good stuff. See you next week. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.